Hey, what's good? Get on in here for episode 121 of the Antonio Neves Show. You guessed correctly. My name is Antonio Neves. I am the founder of Allies of Glory, and I am the author of Stop Living on Autopilot. I have the opportunity to travel all across the globe talking about the power of allies and how we can stop living on autopilot. Look, you are in for a treat in this episode because I'm giving you an inside look and inside listen to an Allies of Glory masterclass. And we talk about a critical subject, that subject being how to find your edge. This is a treat of an episode and you get to see what it's like in the monthly trainings that happen in Allies of Glory. So we'll dig into how to find your edge. We'll talk about how we can shift fear to excitement. We'll ensure that you are contributing in life as opposed to settling. Uh, Talk about why it's so important to jump. Yes, jump when the wind is at your back. And I also share why our dreams, yes, our dreams need our encouragement. For more information on Allies of Glory, because I'm opening up registration soon, head on over to alliesofglory.com. I've been piloting this membership community for the past few months, and it has been amazing. It has been powerful. The results have been great. People are making more money. They are getting promotions. They are getting in phenomenal shape. They are making sure those relationships that matter most of them are improving. If this sounds like something that you would like, if you don't want to settle, you want to make sure you're contributing, if you want to ensure you are not living on autopilot, if you want to ensure you are not in cruise control on your life, make sure you head on over to alliesofglory.com so you can get on the wait list and find out when registration is open. It's going to happen soon. That link is in the show notes. All right, without further ado, let's get into episode 121 and how to find your edge. And I want to lead with this quote, uh, a quote that's so powerful and it's just a great reminder for all of us. And that is, if you're not close enough to the edge, then you're taking up too much space. If you're not close enough to the edge, then you are taking up too much space. What a beautiful question for all of us of of where we are taking up too much space right now. And let me rewind and just talk about what finding the edge means for all of us. Now, if any of you have ever been an athlete before in your life, there's this amazing moment before the whistle goes off in a football game or a basketball game. Before the first pitch in a baseball game, before the gun goes off in a race, et cetera, where you'll get these increased heart rates or you'll get these butterflies right uh, in your stomach. And that feeling right there that that increased heart rate, those butterflies, what they're telling you is that you are finding the edge, that you are in it, right? That increased heart rate, those butterflies. Now, if you've ever been a performer before in your life, if you have been a a, a dancer, open mic, maybe a public speaker, I can give you a litany of examples of what being a performer looks like. We all know what it feels like before you hit the stage or before it's your turn to speak in church or before it's your turn to present in the all hands on deck staff meeting with your company. 
And even though you may have prepared, all of a sudden, when they're about to introduce you to speak, and whether you're speaking for a minute or five minutes or 30 minutes, all of a sudden, your throat gets really dry and your, and your hands start shaking. That feeling right there tells you that you are finding the edge in your life. Another great example of finding the edge is if we go back to our youth or maybe even yesterday, and that is when you have had a crush on someone in your life, when you had a crush on someone and they, they just pop up in front of you out of the blue and, and you got to make a decision if you're going to say hello or not and your upper lips start sweating and your hands start trembling and you start feeling all awkward and you no longer no, you don't know what to do with your hands, right? Your brain just goes like there's nothing in there anymore. That feeling right there is finding the edge. And what we do in that moment, hopefully, is we lean into it, even in the midst of the increased heart rate, rate in the butterflies and the trembling hands and the dry throat, we choose to move forward, right? That's finding the edge. And what we are doing in those moments is that we are stretching ourselves. We are pushing ourselves. We are getting outside of our comfort zone. We are doing something that isn't par for the course. We are doing something that's unique. Now, as, as many of you know, as we get older, for many of us, a lot of the opportunities to, to find the edge, they're, they're not there like they were in, in life when we were younger. Find the edge moments when you're young in middle school, high school, college age, et cetera. They kind of just show up in your life. But as you get older, in my experience, what you have to do is choose to find the edge. You have to make the decision to find the edge. Those opportunities aren't looking for you. You have to look for them. And that's totally different. And now what, what I want everyone to do right now as you watch this is I want you to think back over you probably guessed it. You know, you know what my, my framework is. I want you to think back over your last. 30 days. Think over your last 30 days and ask yourself, did you find yourself with an increased heart rate? Did you find yourself with some butterflies in your stomach? Did you find yourself with trembling hands? Did you find yourself with a dry throat? Maybe because you were doing something to stretch yourself, to put yourself outside of that comfort zone to find the edge. Think back over the last 30 days. Now, what I want to invite you to do is to think back over the last week that any opportunities like that show up for you in the last week. Now, even more, think about the last 24 hours. Was there anything that happened in your life that required you to find the edge? In my experience, most people don't have many find the edge moments, but I'm going to challenge you to have some. More than anything, I'm going to challenge you to create them. So what does finding the edge moments look like now for us? So these can be personal things or these can be professional things. Finding the edge could be having that tough conversation that you need to have with a colleague, a spouse, or a partner. By the way, I have found that most tough conversations take 10 minutes or less. That can be finding the edge. Finding the edge could be willing to get up 30 minutes earlier, right? 
not hitting snooze, getting up and getting after that workout or getting after that writing, getting after calling your friend who lives abroad to make some time to talk to them. Finding the edge could be making that decision to eat better. Finding the edge can be making that decision to speak your truth. You're in that staff meeting and someone says something that you 100% disagree with or someone says something that is offensive. You choosing in a professional manner to address that is finding the edge. Finding the edges is speaking your truth, right? Finding the edge is going to that event that you were invited to by a colleague or a friend that you can find every reason not to go to. That dinner, that that happy hour, that picnic, that whatever, that you can find every reason not to go to, but you choose to decide to go. Finding the edge can be meaning to to work on that that project that's important to you for just 30 minutes. Finding the edge today could be, you know what? If you've been avoiding looking at your finances, it can be, you know what? I'm going to set a timer for 10 minutes and I'm going to log into my my accounts and just take a look to see where I'm at. Those are all very simple examples of finding the edge. I'm not talking about crazy stuff. I'm not talking about putting your house on the market. I'm not talking about leaving town and not telling anyone. I'm not talking about quitting your job. I'm not talking about crazy things. I'm talking about these basic things that make a really big difference. You know, in my experience, if on a regular basis, we aren't feeling that that increased heart rate, we're not feeling those butterflies in some regard, if we're not getting that, that metaphorical dry throat or trembling hands, we aren't growing, and we are not moving forward. Right now, I want you to think about in what ways, maybe if you've been like me and you felt a little burned out or you felt like you've been a little bit on autopilot, you feel like you've been on cruise control from a personal or professional perspective, what are some small things maybe you can do to find the edge? You know, what's amazing about finding the edge, and we talked about being the example earlier, is that as we find the edge, Oddly enough, that that has such a a positive influence on others. It's like when you throw a stone into a lake and you get that that ripple effect, right? As we do these things, it has a profound effect on others. They may not tell you, but best believe they feel it and they see it. And you may positively impact someone without even knowing it. Now, when it comes to finding the edge, you know, a lot of it has to do with fear, Right, because because fear can get in the way of us finding the edge. The, the quote that I started this training with was this: "Fear is a natural reaction to moving closer to the truth." I just love that. Fear is a natural reaction to moving closer to the truth by Pema Chodron in the brilliant book "When Things Fall Apart." Not to be confused with another brilliant book, also called "When Things Fall Apart." So if you are feeling any type of fear for a step you need to take forward, just know that's you moving closer to whatever truth you need to encounter. You need to have a conversation with whatever truth you need to have a hug with, whatever truth you maybe need to have some tears with. I love this other quote by by Fritz Perls. He started something called Gestalt Therapy. And that quote is, fear is excitement without the breath. 
Fear is excitement without the breath. Many times we think we're we're afraid or, or we're fear, but truly deeply inside, we're actually excited. But the problem is we're not breathing. We're tight. We don't want to fully acknowledge we're tight. But if we fully breathe into it, we give ourselves permission to move. We ask ourselves some key questions, right? We can find that, oh, I think I'm, I thought I was fearful about this. I, I thought I was afraid of this, but actually I'm excited, right? And, and we, we build up calluses, you know, you know, metaphorical calluses, if you will, as we continue to make decisions. And we can start with small decisions. I want to remind all of us that breakthroughs come in small steps. Now, the reason why I think it's so critical for us to find the edge right now more than ever is because we said this in the foundational training, and I feel this for myself too, right? Um, with each day that, that passes by. And I feel this in a, in a way that I feel like life is lovingly challenging me to say, say what are you going to paint on this canvas? Are, 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 are you going to take some risks? Like you've like you you've been painting with these primary colors nonstop, but you know there's this ridiculous palette. There is this ridiculous palette of colors that you can infuse into this canvas into your life. Are you only going to use primary colors? Don't get me wrong. I know you, I think you can make any color based off of primary colors. So I I know I'm going somewhere, but you you see what I'm saying, right? We've talked about it. Are you going to stay driving in fourth gear or are you going to shift and make some different changes? And the reason why this is important, because some windows only stay open for so long. I have to remind myself of this. I have to remind some clients of this, right? I, you know, some opportunities truly do only come once. It's the truth. Some opportunities really only come once. And right now is an opportunity to get after them. You know, we are, when things don't go our way or things don't go good, what we always hear folks say is something to the tune of, oh, uh, this happened all of a sudden, or it happened out of the blue. But guess what? Things don't happen, in my experience, all of a sudden or out of the blue. They build up over time while we're ignoring them. And then they explode. Then they don't go our way when we least want it to happen, when it is the most inconvenient time. Some windows only stay open for some loss for so long. Some opportunities only do come once. And right now, you may be in a season, you may be in a place in your life where there's some opportunities and some windows you have to pursue. I want to say again that I'm not talking about just doing these, these, these crazy daredevil type things. It could be some small things that you've been avoiding. I want to tell you a quick story about when I was in college. Uh, you know, my whole life, uh, I've been in the track and field, and I was always a long jumper and a triple jumper. And this has to do with some windows only staying open for so long and some opportunities only coming once. But here's the thing, when you're a long jumper, like if you don't know what the long jump is, you're on this, this runway and you basically run as fast as you can and then you jump into sand. I mean, pretty basic, right? But it's a beautiful, beautiful event. But here's the thing about the long jump or even the triple jump I did as well. When you're on the track, 
And there's, if you're a baseball player, you'll relate to this too. When there's a wind at your back, a wind, the right wind can take a jump, make you jump an extra inch to an extra six inches further, sometimes even farther than that. So when you're a long jumper or a triple jumper, when you feel a wind, you're like, oh, oh, I I hope it's my turn to jump because this could help me jump farther, right? So you're sitting there, the wind's blowing. You're like, I hope this guy hurry up and jumps because I want to jump because I want that wind at my back. Where am I going with this? Where I'm going with this is this. When the wind is at your back, you must jump. Don't wait. I can't tell you how many people who have done so much of the work, they've gotten so far to completion, so far to getting so close to making things happen. They're almost about to turn that proverbial corner we all talk about, but they stop. They stop. But I've learned firsthand that when that wind is at your back, when you feel it, even if you're a little bit afraid, even if it makes you foul, you must jump. So right now, when you think about certain areas of your life, is there wind at your back? Is there momentum that has showed up? And now is the time for you to jump. Look, here's the crazy thing. Sometimes the wind's in your face. (laughs) That's That's what you don't want. When the wind is coming at you hard, that can actually shorten you jump, right? So I, I understand the wind goes both ways and there's crosswinds and all that kind of fun stuff. And look, the truth of the matter is we cannot control which way the wind blows. But here's what I know. When the wind is at your back, you must jump. Where in your life right now, where is there some momentum? Where is some wind at your back for you to jump? Now, when the wind is at your back and you decide to go for it and you decide to jump, does that mean that, again, there's background noise of people building things here? Does that, when that wind's at your back, does that mean that everything is going to go perfect, that everything is going to go your way? Hell no. One time the wind was blowing so hard in one of my track meets that I probably shouldn't have jumped. I have a scar on my arm, scar on my arm to prove it, but you got to go for it. But here's the deal. When you do decide to jump and that wind is there, you create that awesome momentum. And that's what we all need. Your dreams are dreams. You know what they need more than anything? They need encouragement. Our dreams need to see us acting on them. You know, if you you believe in a higher power, if you believe in God, Prove to God that you care. Prove to God that you are actually, that you truly want what you're praying for. I mean, how many people pray for certain things, but then do nothing about them? I mean, come on, you talk about hypocrisy. How dare, how dare someone pray for X, Y, or Z and then not do anything to me? I pray for wealth. I pray for riches, but then you watch Netflix all day. I pray for an amazing spouse. I pray for an amazing partner, but you don't put yourself in any position to meet anyone. I pray for this marriage to be improved, but you're not 
to creating time to talk to them or to go to counseling. I pray for my kid to get on the right path, but you're not spending any time being the example for them. I pray for a promotion and a raise, but you're showing up late and you're not doing the things that need to be done. Let's not be hypocrites, okay? Isn't that, seriously, think about that. People are praying for things, but they're unwilling to do anything about it. You know, the greatest superpower that we have as human beings is the, is the ability to do things that we don't want to do that will improve our lives for the better. That's a superpower. Being willing to do something that you don't want to do that may not be enjoyable, but will improve your life is a superpower that we all have that so few of us are willing to use. I hate, I don't, I don't also want to say I hate working out, but I don't love it but it improves my life. That's a superpower I have to work out. You do as well. Reading, I mean, I can, I can give you a litany of, of options, right? You hear what I'm saying? What I'm inviting all of us to do. And again, when I, when I speak here, I speak to me as well, right? I want all of us, th- those doubts, those fears that pop up in our brain, right? I, I want you to question your doubts. I want you to, what, what do they do in court? They interrogate, right? That that cross-examination. I want you, when those doubts and those fears pop up, I want you to be the best Matlock, if you're old enough to know who Matlock is, or Quincy. No, he's a doctor. Actually, an old doctor show. When those doubts show up, I want you to cross-examine them. Like, are, are you real? Are the doubts, are you real? Is this true? Because guess what? The evidence shows something else. This witness has something else to say about those doubts. Don't accept your doubts at face value. Don't accept your fears. Challenge your fears. We just accept our fears and, and, and let them go. And we have to be creative with this, right? I have to be the, with the doubts and the fears that, you know, my, my kids, if they have them, I have to be really creative about getting them to, to, to challenge those fears, to question those doubts. What an opportunity that we have as adults. We're smart people that instead of focusing on why things won't work out, we we get we actually are smart enough to identify the way things could work out. You know, what if we could just be a little bit delusional? What if we could just be a little bit crazy and just say, you know what? Let's just think crazy. What if this thing worked out? I love the scene in Dumb and Dumber film with Jeff Bridges and and Jim Carrey. I love that movie. And there's a scene when Jim Carrey's character is talking to some woman and he's basically seeing if he has a chance to go out on a date with her, if she'll ever go out with him. And he's asking what the chances are. And she basically says, I think, well, the chances are basically one in a million. And he says, so you're telling me there's a chance. (laughs) One in a million. And his response is, oh, no, not one in a million. No, his response is, so you're telling me there's a chance. You know, what, what an amazing mindset for us to have, you know, in this day and age. And if you're at work and in life, you probably all know that person who always plays devil's advocate at work, who plays devil's advocate at the dinner table when you share a cool idea. We all know the devil's advocate. Well, just, just playing devil's advocate. Next time that person plays devil's advocate, ask them, are they willing to play God's advocate? And what could that look like? What could that shift from devil's advocate to God's advocate look like? Why? Let's be. Let's, 
I, you know, I was a business journalist with NBC for over three years in New York City, and I traveled all across the country and interviewed so many amazing CEOs, executives, entrepreneurs, and leaders who built companies from nothing and took them to millions of dollars and some to billions of dollars. And, you know, one thing the vast majority of that all these amazing women and men had in common, they had this delusional optimism that things are going to work out that things were going to, to, to go in their favor. Now, on their journey, did, did things always go in their favor? No, but they were delusionally optimistic. In fact, I'll never forget, early in my coaching career, I almost became a coach for, for a big startup accelerator. I was introduced by one of the founders on Venture Capital, blah, blah, blah. But then I was talking to one of the key people at this accelerator who was 100% adamant against me or anyone else coaching the founders of these companies. And we had a meeting and I talked about my process. And, and then we decided that he decided that we're not going to have you do any coaching. And I was like, well, okay, well, well tell me why, tell me why not. And he basically said, he's like, these leaders are basically delusionally optimistic. I don't want anyone challenging that for the challenging that with them. I want them to stay crazy. I want them to be wild. I want their ideas to be crazy. So I totally get that. So I want us all to stop pushing things off until tomorrow. Because as we all know, this, the, the great Spanish proverb, tomorrow is often the busiest day of the week. And think about what we can start doing today. To ensure we can do this, what I'm going to need all of us to do, you and me, is to ensure that we are contributing as opposed to settling. During my few weeks away, I had some real you know, tough conversations with myself. And I was like, Antonio, Tony, are you still actively contributing? You're doing good. Things are happening. But are you contributing or have you settled? And it, it, it makes me think about farmers. When it comes to contributing or, or settling, I mean, I don't know a lot about farming, but I know enough that farmers don't plant seeds just once. Can you imagine being a farmer and just planting seeds just once? That would be settling, right? Can you imagine being a farmer if you only harvested just once? Can you imagine being a farmer if you only plowed your field just once? If you only used fertilizer once? If you only irrigated just once? That, that, that's settling. They have to regularly contribute on a regular basis. And what's wild and the beautiful thing about farming and the beautiful thing about our lives and this planet that we live on is that there are seasons. And I think we have to look at our life that way as well and ask yourself, what season am I in right now? I know I talked a bit about feeling like I was a, a bit on autopilot and on cruise control. And guess what? Sometimes there are seasons when we're not doing as much, when we need to recharge, right? And then there are other seasons when like, yo, the wind is at my back and we need to go. We need to find the edge. So ask yourself, like, what season are you in right now? What is most needed for you right now? No matter when someone watches this, we're happy to be recording this in, in August. But come on, Labor Day's almost here. For a lot of people, they're about to start settling. They're about to start phoning it in. It's about to be hibernation bear mode for them. September, October, November, come on, four months. I can still remember January. 
What's going to make the remainder of this year a success for you? Forget the remainder of this year. What's going to allow you to say that August was a success? You know, the, the red light is always on. I worked in TV for over 12 years. And there was something magical about when I would be in a studio or out in the field. And all of a sudden that, that red light would come on the camera. And for me, that was the indicator that now you are live. People can see you all across the country and sometimes even Canada. And sometimes Canada freaked me out because I didn't, I didn't know much about Canada. But the red light was on the camera. And I think what we forget, what I forget sometimes is that the red light, this is live. This, this is real. This is not taped. This is recorded. Everything that we are doing is live. This is not a rehearsal. This is not practice. This is a game. We talk so much about this. We commit, but we must recommit as well. As I said before, your dreams need encouragement. Your dreams need encouragement and our confidence. We talk about confidence. If your confidence isn't strong right now, confidence is earned and breakthroughs come. Our breakthroughs come in small, gradual steps. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that inside listen of an Allies of Glory Masterclass. If you're in a place right now in your life where you're looking to upgrade those areas of your life that matter most, your career, your finances, your health, your fitness, your relationships that matter most, head on over to alliesofglory.com. Registration opens up soon. Sign up for the waitlist. Once again, alliesofglory.com. And for more information on this episode you just heard, head on over to theantonionevs.com. Both links are in the show notes. Hey, if you have not left a review or a rating for the podcast just yet, please go ahead, do that right now. It'll take you just a moment to do so. Hey, I appreciate you listening. Remember, the best, yes, the absolute best is ahead for you as long as you work and believe that the best is ahead.